so we're kicking off uh, today's Nine Hits podcast with Deaf Kids, and um, that's off the yet-to-be-released album on uh, New York recordings. Um, Pete, yeah, how did you pick? How did you come across this one? I mean, I've heard of them before. I've managed to miss them at Supersonic Festival as well. That was pretty good of me. Yeah, I mean, I think the last one I said there was a band of a, a pure supersonic, um, and these are another. And I'd never heard of them before, actually. Uh, and we got them through for review. Uh, they're on Neurop. There's kind of whole uh, neurosis backing behind them. And, you know, listen to it uh, briefly as I was kind of betting the reviews and loved it instantly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, and it's kind of like nothing else you've ever heard, really, isn't it? It's just all over the place, but... Yeah, they've made yeah. a bit of a reputation for themselves for the live gigs. I think um, they've definitely played Supersonic. I don't know who I was yes. watching to miss them, but I'm clearly an idiot. Um, and I think they play Raw Power quite a lot, so um, they suit those kind of things. I think they're playing the Lexington. Right, yeah. yeah, they'll be back. I mean, right? Yeah, they'll be back definitely. They, um, it's that weird kind of it's, you know it's the mix between a kind of almost robotic. Not industrial, but you know that kind of um, sort of structured beat with, but with a psychedelic edge, which kind of should contrast because you know psychedelia should be free form and open. But it, um, but it creates something completely different and weird and uh, and interesting. And I, I kind of the whole album um, is like this. There's there's a couple of tracks which are this being one of them. The, the more structured tracks, believe yeah. it or not, where where's the rest? You kind of really out there. The whole album, but the whole album does have that really interesting, you know, throwing you off left and right all the time. Uh, really brilliant. I think it's out on in mid mid March, so I'd really kind of recommend this to the whole album when it comes Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I mean, um they're playing Roadburn as well in April, so like they've clearly um you know caught the right ears here. Um I think it's their third record actually and um Steve Till has been on record as saying it sounds like um, Sonic Ayahuasca, which I think is pretty dead on. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Of, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I haven't heard them before, but they have got a lot of stuff out there, and uh, I'll be catching up with a lot. You know, the back catalogue really quickly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So the next song we're going to play is uh, by a band called Hate Force, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like straight up death metal style and it's kind of been labelled hardcore, but I think it's got a bit of a sludge thing going on. What do you reckon, Pete? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, um, I, I kind of got a, a real retro death metal vibe to it, you know, sort of early 90s type thing. Uh, it's got a, a pace to it and, you know, it's a kind of... Uh, sparky and vibrant and um yeah i really enjoyed it okay is it the singer from harm's way uh i think you mentioned to me earlier which yeah I'm yeah it's, that, it's this massive it's guy with there. like yeah exactly i mean harm's way is quite sort of convergy and um you know um yeah very hardcore so i think that's probably where the labels come from but um mm. yeah this sounds a bit more um, sludgy and and dirty to me, which are, I, I think his vocals really suit it. Um, really yeah. interesting yeah, vocals, yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're sort of like a. Um, well, I don't know. I was kind of just um, like like as we do at the moment, we kind of um, 
use Bandcamp quite a lot just to sort of see what's happening. And there's a really good sort of feed option on their app. So um, this just came up and I was like, oh, look, it's interesting from the cover and from the name. So I thought, yeah, let's have a look at a look. And um, yeah, it's um, I think it's been mentioned on other podcasts and, and I think maybe I'm getting a bit immune to this sound now, like this kind of, um, you know, the hardcore kind of thing going on. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't know what you'd make of it, really. But, yeah, I'm glad you really yeah, like it. I mean, I have, I have literally only this song, um, you know, because it was on your list. But, you know, it's enjoyable. It was, it was uh, it, a lot of the kind of death metal that we kind of list at the moment. It's real kind of real horrible, turgid, you know, scarred by noise stuff. And this didn't have that. It was more sprightly and you know there's enjoy yeah, it feels a bit more fun doesn't it <laughs> yeah it does yeah yeah cool well we'll play this one it's um yeah it's off the self-titled album by hate force and this is into the sea
that was hate force um heavy stuff and it's kind of continuing but um we're playing a song uh, by a polish band called black smoke next and um it's actually got a saxophone on the intro hasn't it pete yeah it's quite interesting definitely yeah and i got i listened to the whole album the saxophone is only on two of the tracks on the album um when it comes in it really does provide that you know a sharp contrast uh the, the band you know this song shows it but after a kind of really long intro into but the they were kind of hardcore you know with a toward you know moving towards sludge mm. hardcore sludgy band and, and good for it you know simply that alone the rest of the album's great it's I, I was really enjoying it getting into it and then i got to this song and blew me away the kind of real slow it's not just the sax it's the the kind of the real delicate intro which then as soon as it launches into the vocals it's you know it's one of them real great moments when you you know you hear a new song and you think that's amazing and i, I really got that from this yeah absolutely i mean um this is one where i kind of put it on again straight after and um, yes the vocals are just incredible um really expressive and and like dripping with like evil so i i haven't heard i mean i haven't heard anything this good in a while like in terms of vocals because it's just such a performance so yeah they got full marks from me and i, I loved this um bought bought it yeah. as soon as i could it, it sort of um came up to buy this week i think it came out on valentine's day weirdly yeah <laughs> yeah it, 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 they remind me of you know sort of um going to you know hardcore or sludge mm. gigs where you know and you know you go in leeds or nottingham or sheffield you know and you go to these gigs these grimy gigs and there'd be a band on who are really vital and kind of you know you really got into that that kind of hardcore scene um and, and brilliant for and then to kind of then elevate that and you know beyond a really brilliant you know um, base setting elevate that with this really interesting and different um introduction to the song which is uh, i think two or three minutes long just makes this try it's because at the point where it's sort of it's building in and building in the sax and the delicate guitar and then when it launches out with you know with the kind of real gruff sludge vocals i'm not just i was just um i was sold straight away. yeah it's definitely a contrast as soon as it comes in so yeah absolutely um, it looks like they've been going since about 2015, from the looks of things. Um, their mm. first record's called Fuck Society, which is pleasant. Um, yep. But this is off uh, their new one called Holy Reptilian Mother. So I think we're going to play this and just um, kind of see what people think. Um, you can buy this for next to nothing on the Bandcamp, so I recommend that you do. Thank you. 
Okay, that was a uh, song called Storm Tripper, Shroom Tripper, um, and that was by Black Smoke from Poland. We've been playing some really strange stuff lately, but I think this probably takes the biscuit um, for the um, the most, I don't know, maybe confused um, sounding band. So it's a German band called Blue Hummingbird on the left. But for all intents and purposes, they might as well be, um, you know, Native American. I think the, the album is sort of very spiritual and very strange. Um, it's called uh, Atul Chak Nilolli. Um but yeah, I mean, I I sort of again this this came through because I, I follow a, a really good record label called Iron Bonehead, um, and yeah, this is this is really interesting. I thought it's it's kind of um, yeah, like it's got lots of eagle sounds on it and Native American chanting and stuff like that. But it's proper basic black metal when it gets going. What, what did you make of this one, Peaks? It's um, it's certainly a weird one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really you know it is interesting. It's a bit more. The one thing is. Um... I think they're American, not German. Oh, I think right. the label's okay. German. Yes, um, which might kind of explain more of the, you know, yeah. that sort of, okay. you know, the inputs there. Um, and you know, the obviously the big standout thing with this band is, you know, strange name for what is essentially a, a black metal yeah. band. Um, but I've read, I've read into this, and it's kind of the translation of of a Aztec god name, which that makes more sense. Is, yeah. is well, it does. But also, then you start to think it's, it's, it makes it strange that there's an Aztec god called that. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's good. It's, I like that. I like the fact that they've got uh, um, all those inputs to it. Like I was looking at a picture of them earlier, and there's I think they're recording in a cave, or they're at least performing in a cave, and that's you yeah. know it's real um, like earthly and connected to kind of diff- all the elements and all that. And I like that. I like that about Black Knight when they've got you know that rawness to them and. Um, you know, varying inputs and not just sort of playing it straight. Absolutely. And I think this one um, in particular, it could have gone one of two ways. It could have been really cringeworthy and, and sort of strange and a lot of people would not get this. But I think they've they've just gone on the right side of that gimmick um, or, you know, that, that sort of aesthetic anyway. Because, like, there's yeah. the samples of eagles screeching and, and you know, traditional um, percussion and stuff. But it's not in a way that's kind of feels. It doesn't feel lifted. It sounds quite natural, even even when they go into yeah. the black metal. So um, yeah, that's that's why it kind of caught my eye really. And um, yeah, this came around uh, out around Christmas last year. But um, I think yeah, they've got plenty of copies left on the um, Iron Bonehead uh, label, uh, and it looks like you get like quite a big um, package for your money when you sort of uh, go for the LP version. Yeah, so I think. We'll probably play this and um, see what people think. I'd, I'd be really interested to see um, if they sort of take this on tour and whether they give it any other gimmick or whether they just play it straight up.
that was life death rebirth uh, from blue hummingbird on the left um really interesting track there um we're gonna go like completely the other way now so when we first started nine hertz like this this kind of music kind of reminds me of that time how about you pete the next track we're gonna play yeah it still does to you know it still does for me i think it's still for all my you know adventures into black metal and death metal and you know extreme doom i've still got i still love my stoner i still love my psychedelic stoner so and you know i'm constantly looking out for this i think um so this is uh sansa sano from switzerland mm. and it's a instrumental album it's it's real kind of psychedelic end of stoner rock uh but as with the best of that music, it has a real kind of beauty, which with you know beauty within the kind of real fuzz riffs that they've really got, and um, you just you just I'll never lose that like love of that type of yeah. music. Um, and I did this song in particular really fell for. I think it's a, it's a fantastic track, really reminiscent of bands on the Electro Hash label, which is Color Color Haze's label. Uh, it's bands like Colour Haze, Las Natas, you know, I, I've reviewed it recently, so I'm kind of quoted from there, really. But they're, um, it, you know, the, the, the kind of, the, I was looking at a picture of them earlier and they're kind of sat on top of a mountain in the middle of Switzerland. And, you know, sometimes I always think with kind of like this psychedelic music when it really gets you like, can, you know, can you be transported, but, you know, to when, you know, like I listen to a lot of uh, South American psychedelic stoner or heavy psych. Um, or Central America, anything. You know, you imagine these bands sat on top of mountains or sat in kind of rainforests or various things playing the second. It's like, how does that transport to, you know, rainy suburbia of Sheffield? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> and you, you, but it, it does. does. Yeah. And, and what you can remember is the bands aren't recording in the middle of the rainforest or the top of a mountain. And it doesn't really matter. And, and actually, music should be transporting. It should kind of elevate and kind of make your mind wander and allow you to kind of you know feel uh universal and i love that about and that's you know that's uh how kind of real psychedelic music should work and this is brilliant it kind of i think it gets better as it goes along this track and i just it's just uh joyful i think absolutely i mean um i put this on and it reminded me of the brant bjork stuff that you were playing kind of before christmas um yeah it's got that not kind of traditional stone sound because it's quite it's almost posty in in parts isn't it it's quite sort of chilled out and Hmm. um progressive so i i really enjoyed it um yeah i think um i'd like to hear more i think i've I've bought the album on the back of this so um yeah we'll have to sort of i'll have to maybe take a bit of time out and sort of discover what what's special about this but um i really like it so the song we're going to play is called Cold Seat and um, the album Submersion. And I have to say, the, the album cover is fantastic. It's like divers uh, like around a barrier reef or something like that. Um, mm. And it's good that, you know, like, you know, a lot of psychedelic music, you'll always get that connection with, you know, uh, astral images and the stars and everything. But it's kind of that universe. You know, we've got that kind of the unknown on earth as well you know it's it's kind of it's the opposite really and i like that it's, it's you know it's kind of linking to just a different element of of that yeah we um at work today we're having a very sort of 3 a.m um chat about um the unknown uh parts of space but then saying like oh well actually we don't know 
that much about the ocean either. <laughs> I was like, this is seriously feels like a three AM kebab shop talk rather than rather than sat at work in an office in the afternoon on a Friday. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, we'll play this, um, and then we've got a few more songs to play uh, this week. So yeah, this is Cold Seat by Sun Society.
So again, um, we're sort of going back and forth between genres tonight, but that's uh, no bad thing. So we just played some uh, lovely stone rock music and we're going into some quite epic black metal, I guess. This one um, came to my attention because of uh, Curtis Dewar's um, PR um, sending through, but I investigated it on my own um, another day and um, yeah, I found it to be absolutely perfect for a few weekends ago. It was like really frosty and, and really cold and this just felt like the, the completely correct music for, for the surroundings I was in. I think I was stuck at some train station in the northeast and the wind was howling and I was like, yeah, this is pretty, pretty apt. So the band we're talking about, um, they're called Windswept, and uh, I think they're from the Ukraine. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, the, it, it's um, members of, and I never know how to is say it, it because I haven't been into Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. That's what I've always guessed. Are guessing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. And actually something you say, because what I, my kind of feelings of it were, it's, it's, it sounds like, and it feels like perfect music for kind of. It sounds like it was recorded in a storm, in a you know, windswept. Maybe is the kind of the yeah. point. Um, it sounds like it like started recording the gale. It's just sort of, you know, real kind of. I don't know. I don't the airiness to it. It's like real got something flowing through it mm. all the time. It's not. It's not harsh, like you know, like some black metal. It it kind of has a a real, um, I don't know, flow to it and. Uh, beauty to it i don't know that's probably the wrong word I don't, I, you know yeah I mean? it kind of reminded me of um the sort of uh the ebb and the flow of wolves in the throne room or you know some of their sort of like mid-era stuff um yeah it's got that kind of epic thing going on it's really interesting yeah yeah i, I actually i really enjoyed it i wasn't quite sure i was waiting for it to I, I was kind of expecting, not knowing what to expect, expecting to kick into something, you know, the vocals coming back. Yeah, I, it it doesn't, and it just carries on in that vein. But I, I, um, the more I've listened to it, the more I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I've really yeah, it's it. that kind of progressive thing that I I really liked about this, and the whole album does that right from the start. There's like a bit of an intro track, but then for pretty much what like we're looking at this about half an hour, forty minutes. It's just one long kind of. At peace really like it, it sounds like an album if that makes sense it, it makes sense yeah. um with each other um all the tracks kind of right. come together so yeah I, I really like this and um yeah it's uh it's only just come out um and uh, it looks like it's selling quite well so there's there's been a sort of yeah so it's so it's on seasons it is yeah new, which is and, you know, always a mark of quality as well label nowadays yeah yeah yes Okay, so we'll play this. Um, so the track we've picked is uh, Gustav Meyrink's Prague.
Cool. So uh, that was a track from Windswept. Um, it's a bit of an international one this time, uh, this podcast, because uh, we're going to France for this one. Um, this is a band called Fange that you've picked, Pete. So how do you come across this one? We we get sent a lot of this stuff, but was this one of the submissions? It, it, it was, but I'm well aware of Fange. And we've reviewed them before. They're, uh, they're on throat room. I've... I've kind of got, I think, pretty much everything they've done. So I'm very happy to find they've got a new album out. Um, they're friend, you know, like I say, they're on throat ruiner, throat ruiner records, which we've said many yeah. times how much we kind of admire the, the their output and their, you know, the the, the bands they support. Um, and it's a it's a kind of mark of how good uh, fans must be to be on there. So it's. Uh, Dave, you know, there's a new album, it's called Punir, um, P-U-N-I-R, I don't quite know how to uh, state that, but, and all, I just noticed actually all their albums begin with P, I don't know why that is, but there you go. <laughs> uh, and they're getting, you know, they, they, they were always a, um, you know, sludge band, but they're getting really kind of ugly and horrible and um, twisted and... Uh, you know, sort of mix, mix in between doom and death and sludge and kind of real noise and horrible um, elements to it, which is, is their evolution. And it's actually kind of great to see a band develop and um, really sort of move into their own area rather than, you know, rather than sort of being able to easily pigeonhole. Not that they were before, but yeah. you, you see what I mean? They've grown. Um, and it's great. And I, I kind of... I, Another thing I'd say is that the album artwork is unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's you know it's there's a you know for, to describe it, there's a picture of a headless man who's cut his guts out and and um, mutilated himself. But a drawing of it's not yeah. it's not particularly terrific. <laughs> it's not like a carcass album cover, but uh, it's not just that. It's the font, it's the color, it's everything about it. It's, really, yeah, it's just something that's, it really stands out. Kind of In a way, it. it kind of looks quite retro that. Uh, album cover doesn't it? It looks like it could have been released yeah. like in the eighties or something. It's it's got a punk yeah. look about it, like an old Swans mm. album or something. It's it's yeah, very yeah, like sort of like quite a bit of text on it as well. There's something really nice about it. Really, you know, you kind of um, really uh, aesthetically pleasing. I like it, and then of course that's ignoring the whole, you know, decapitated man in the middle. Yeah, it kind of looks like he's tearing his guts out, but it also looks like snakes as well. So. Yeah, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of suits the music because, like, I mean, even, even in the song we've picked, so this is um Shen de Sang that you've picked, but like the whole mm-hmm. the whole record. I mean, I, I listened to it earlier and I, I tried to listen to this track as much as I could because I was trying to make sense of it. And I think that's a good way to describe this because it just goes all over the place. Um, mm. and like you say, there's punk influences in there. There's sludge. There's doom. There's hardcore. There's black bits, and it's like. Yeah, what is this? Uh, yeah. I love it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So from the first album, you know, they kind of from um, they've they've been uh, moving this way. Yeah. I think I, I think it's the third or fourth, and um, they've they've always had that, but it, it's it's getting more demanded. It's getting you know it's getting blacker in terms of well, black more black metal kind of not maybe in the sound, but in the and the aggression and the um, and the ugliness to it. Yeah, and um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, I have to say the um, uh, promo picture they've got is very sort of dark and and they look very moody. But one of them looks like Billy Corgan. <laughs> Take something away from it. Maybe. That's why he's moody. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's why he's angry. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. angry or angry. 
as they get bolder and bolder. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to play a song um, off this album. So the album's Poonier. It's on Throat Ruiner now. Um, and this song's called Chien de Sang.
Okay, that was uh, Fange. And uh, we're sort of moving on to um, a band that sort of has, has really grabbed my attention this week. Or, well, a few weeks ago, actually. I've been waiting to play this one. So um, this is a band called Enon Chapel, and they take their nods from kind of Victorian um, London and the horrors that sort of um, happened sort of in, in that time. And um, it's really, as an aesthetic, that's amazing anyway. But they've really gone in and, and it, it just sounds unusual, this one. Um, it's that, to me, it sounds like a walk through like an old graveyard in London, just like with, you know, rusting iron gates and the wind howling and stuff. I really liked it. What did you think of this piece? Because I know it's a strange one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that as well. I think... Um, if that's what they've, you know, if that's what they've made you think, I think then they've that they've they've achieved their goal, and that's what they're going for. And um, you know, the the Californian band, I yeah. think, I might yeah. be wrong on that, but I think they are. And um, you know, to to try and channel Victorian London um, <laughs> as a as a black metal band is a very kind of unique concept or a specific concept, I should say. Uh, and I agree, it, it does. You do feel it. You do kind of get that. Um, that sense out of it. There was something I, I noticed. I, th- I can't remember. So maybe I think it was something like um, a picture of uh, the CDs or the tape of vinyl they're selling, and it's uh, obviously like in a well, not obviously, but you know, potentially in a back garden in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for one, for black metal, it, it just didn't seem right, and also kind of for this, it, 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 you realise you kind of you forget that it's not uh, some British band who were uh, you know stuck in sort of you know warehouses playing um black metal fixated on their local history it's this american band and that's pretty yeah cool. i mean those those pictures are there and it's, it's just it's not even like they've not even tried to make it look like a graveyard it's it's literally about garden in fact i think there's a lake <laughs> in the in the back of one of the pictures but um <laughs> but um yeah i mean this it doesn't really surprise me that one of the members is also a member of botanists um who that band who play like very strange kind of dulcimer black metal as well. Yeah. So, right. I didn't realize that. I think I, I knew there's a guy in the uh, Palace of Worms, sorry, who I yeah. like. Um, I don't know, but botanist, I, botanist, you know, both those bands are actually really, you know, on the real interesting side of, um, you know, kind of the inventive black metal, American black metal. I, I enjoy. I, I saw botanist once in Sheffield and it was, um, there's a, there a real kind of interesting point where, where the band was so locked into the music they were creating. And there, there was, it was, it wasn't really, you know, it was as if nobody else was there. there was, it was a real kind of making sure the noises and the elements and the the, the feel of it was um, was was right to them because it was it, they were in their own headspace. It didn't matter that they were playing a live gig. You, it was this odd sensation. Um, and that's what I got from them. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of real um, strong, uh, creative kind of methods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I want to actually look into all these bands now. So um, it's just a two-piece. This band, so they play quite low-fi black metal. But um, so Megan Wood um, plays in Crown Crown of Asteria and Iron Vidger, and I, I have no idea uh, of both of those bands. Palace of Worms, you heard of? Botanist, I've definitely heard of, and then. Um, the other guy, Balan, plays in a band called Auto Obsidium as well. So I'm going to have to look up all these bands this weekend, um, which is absolutely fine. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, it, like the lo-fi aspect of it kind of lends it to the 
kind of idea behind the band as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see um, kind of how this is received in a wider um, aspect as well, because I think it's a it's a real concept piece. Um, so if you don't if you're not behind the idea straight away, you might not like it. But yeah, fantastic. Um, we're going to play a song. Um, this is the second track off this. Uh, you can buy, still buy the tape, um, and I think it's um, a very reasonable seven dollars. So um, this is Miasma from the Charnel House. And the worst story of all is of Enon Chapel. <laughs>
So from uh, lo-fi black metal, we're going straight into some, uh, I don't know, like, I've always found this band very hard to describe, but like Eleven Paranoids are an old favourite in Sheffield, aren't they? I mean, they played a fantastic Doomline set a few years ago, uh, and that's what I always kind of associate with that name. So um, this is off an album that's out um, in March, um, and you've picked this one, Pete. So... um, this one's quite short, isn't it? And it's quite sort of paced. So I was quite surprised. Yes, yes, so was I. And it's not, it's not totally representative of the album. There are, you know, the songs generally are longer than that. But it's not, you know, some, I think there is almost, a, or maybe in my head at least, there was a, a almost drone association with the Lemon Paranoids. And um, it, it doesn't really bear out so much. It's... Most of the songs, like I say, are more seven, eight minutes. Uh, this one they've released a video for in advance uh, and therefore we're able to play it, I think, now. Um, but the whole album's really interesting. It's, it's, I think they're releasing it on double vinyl right. because it's a real kind of epic uh, psychedelic journey type thing. But um, it starts off with, you know, the whole album starts off quite um, distinctly heavy and... Um, I can't quite get the word, but it has, you know, all the way through its psychedelic. It ends with these real kind of vast psychedelic um, sort of trips, which you have to lock into, you know, the you know multiple minutes of um, exploration, which you you know you expect from people who are like linked to bong and uh, blown out, and you know this is on the Ritual Productions label, which you know it's got all that link. So they've they've got you know members who used to be in. Eleven Paranoids have got members who used to be in Ramesses and um, Capricorns and, and all these, you know, great bands all linked through it. And you can kind of see it there. But And, and sometimes you kind of wonder what where the kind of distinction between these bands lies. But I think Eleven Paranoids have that. They they've, they've do this uh, psychedelic uh, trip, but with this, you know, sort of real ugly doom elements at the start. And, it, and actually this track is interesting purely because well not purely but specifically because it's got it is it's shorter and therefore has much more drive to it as you say you know, it really does power through which is surprising and gives it a different element and and you know it's great for it yeah i mean i remember when this band came out and i mean they're, they're very much continuing on on a path that they've carved for themselves but i think the, the album, was it Stealing Fire from Heaven a few years ago? That really grabbed my attention. It really kind of um, made me sit up and take a bit more notice because I think before that they'd, they'd kind of almost been a sideband to bong and I think they just, they appeared now and again. Um, but I honestly, I I think they're up there with bong as, as just one of the most interesting um bands we've got in the UK and I think the, the North East has got like a bit of a treasure trove of bands at the moment so I'm just glad that this band have continued to make such original music and it, and it is original I think that's what we need to stress it's very original for mm. the genre because it, it's it's very hard to remain um, original when when you're playing this kind of thing you can go into cliche so easily um, yeah but yeah it's, it's always a treat when a when a new 11 Paranoids album comes out yeah, and I think that this is the the album's my favourite. I've heard of theirs. It's, um, it's always kind of a 
this kind of you're opening a box of and you you really don't know kind of you know you have to dive in but you really don't know what you're going to hit you and it's going to send you off and send you you know your mind kind of in loops and twist you know twist you around and so that's how you know i, I think the artwork of, of previous has always lent that kind of sort of unsettling um psych vibe to it but uh this one's this there's something about this album I, I kind of really connected with and I think it's their best yet. It's really it's the most focused and um but but then within it and I kind of So I've I've reviewed this. It's uh it, we got it several weeks ago, but it's not out till mid March, so we haven't published it yet. So but uh, I've been listening to it ever since. It's one of those that you you know, you're not just there to to put it out, you you want to you know you, you kind of play despite the fact that you've already reviewed it, and it is a really engaging album. You, it evolves, it grows, it, it kind of moves from the darker end of psychedelic, you know, the real sort of heavier end, the the, the bong end to the kind of real um, astral end towards the end, and I, it, it's. it's great for it um there, there is a it's the best stuff they've done and for a band which were already quite special anyway to be to producing something like this is a real epic album uh, feels quite special and feels like a real treat yeah i think um that's a sign of a good psych album as well if you if it kind of changes slightly every time you hear it or or you notice things within it every time you listen to it then it's done its job, hasn't it? And this band have always kind of conjured up that as well. I mean, I mean, you were there with me, I think, at the 11th. I wasn't. Were I you wasn't. not? It, was, oh, it no. must have been. The only ones I've missed are when uh, my children were born. So valid reasons, but it must have been one of those Pretty years. Pretty valid reason, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I think your your kids were born around the time of uh, Doomlight, which was when it... <laughs> they are, they are both, yes. Very so, inconvenient. Yeah. So I've never seen Eleven Paranoids live. Oh, right, okay. Oh, well, yeah, they were, like, I've I've seen several Doomlines performances and, and they, that, that one really sticks out. They played in this tiny little pub in Sheffield called The Sportsman, or The Sportsman's Arms, I can't remember what it's called, like, um, right in the middle of Sheffield. It was a bit of an emergency venue. Um, and weirdly, you could see... Um, there was like a little, I don't know, like a, a, a sort of ramp down the side of the stage. So you can kind of stand on this ramp and look um, in on the side. So I watched most of the gig from the side of the stage and it was deafening. But um, yeah, absolutely amazing. Just one of those bands where you kind of drift away listening to it. The volume takes over and the, yeah, the psyche uh, vibes kind of um, take over what you sort of think about. So yeah, I... Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, that I mean, actually thinking about it, um, they're part of the Doomline, uh, not Doomlines. What's it called? The Doom Dock. They are, yeah. It? Because that focuses on the that. Well, it kind of it's not focused. It's not about that gig, but it, it uses that as a template for the whole documentary. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, definitely wasn't there. I've never seen them really sadly. Um, but I really want to, and hopefully that you know with the new album they'll be touring soon. Yeah. I think um, we might have the same experience as we went to see uh, Bong uh, at Damnation last year. I think it's going to be the same kind of vibe, very sort of trippy to watch and um, yeah. very um, insular yeah. kind of um, experience. So, um, so yeah, I think people are really going to be surprised by the, the paciness of this one, but um, I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the album. So in the meantime, uh, this is a song that they've got a video out for at the moment. You can pre-order this, I think, 
um, and it's called Bloodless Crush. <laughs> <laughs>